0: New Community, I want to give you a quick update and really a call to prayer. I think New Community desires to be a community that practices deep prayer and when there are times uh, and places in which that is needed on a large basis as a community that we rally around one another and uh, invest in the practice of prayer. Specifically, the update in the prayer is about Michelle Estelle. Uh, Many of you know that Michelle has been an elder in our community for some time. She is a woman full of wisdom and the spirit. If you know her at all, you know that she is energetic and thoughtful. Uh, She loves people incredibly well. Uh, She will sit with people in their pain and be a very steadying force. Um, Her and her husband, John, have been a part of our community for a long time and have been a rock in our community. Um, They have just been uh, some of the most thoughtful and deeply invested people uh, at New Community. Um, On Monday... Michelle uh, was found unconscious at home and was rushed to the hospital uh, where they took her in for surgery uh, on three brain aneurysms. Um, To say that it is uh, serious would be an understatement. Uh, The surgery went well and uh, she is in recovery in the neuro ICU. And today, as I record this on Wednesday, it is actually her birthday. And um, so a day in which she would be celebrated and her family would be around her. um, And she would be remembered for all uh, that she does and all that she is and the ways she loves people. And um, she's in a hospital room. Uh, recovering and um, her family has very limited access to her based on all the protocols uh, for the pandemic we're in and so a day in which she's not really surrounded by people that love her uh, would be a time that we especially need to lift her up in prayer so my encouragement to us is call to pray to pray for healing to pray for a miracle, uh, to pray that uh, God would do something uh, profoundly above anything we could ask or imagine. Um, the elders got together the other night uh, just to pray for a miracle and pray for God to uh, perform a complete healing and restore her um, to exactly who she was before uh, the aneurysms. And so, Uh, We're asking the whole community to rally around Michelle um, and just in the same ways that she has served this community for so many years that we would serve her during this time uh, by taking um, her to the Lord and just asking uh, that God would work in her life. Uh, You could also be praying for her family, just that they would experience peace, uh, that they would fully trust in God and uh, realize that... uh, She's in very good hands. Uh, We pray that um, she would have rest for her body and recovery uh, and that uh, her family would continue to feel the love and support that they feel from our community. So as you hear this, uh, please offer up a prayer uh, for Michelle. And uh, we're doing everything we can as a church community to support and encourage them during this time. Uh, But what they would love and we would love is prayer. So pray for Michelle now and uh, in the week ahead.
1: Hear this morning's call to worship, adapted from Psalm 19. The heavens declare your glory, Lord. The night skies proclaim the work of your hands. Day after day they pour forth speech, night after night they reveal your knowledge. Their words aren't heard, their voices aren't recorded, but their silence fills the earth. Unspoken truth is spoken everywhere. Your love is proclaimed from dawn to dusk lighting our lives and warming hearts to faith by grace lord clean the slate so we can start this day fresh keep us from the temptation to go this life alone thinking we can take over your work and achieve our own ways may the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight lord our rock and our redeemer amen
2: Today's scripture reading is from Philippians 1 6. He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus.
0: Good morning, new community.
3: Good morning, newcom.
0: Good morning, new community. Hope you were well. Look at this all three of us on here. Kevin, Julie, and myself for the morning podcast. hope everyone is doing well. We want to just give you a quick reminder that we are in the last week of our current series called The In-Between. This particular series will wrap up today with the title being The Challenge. And uh, we want to give you a quick recap over these last five weeks of where we've been, and then we will talk about where we're going today.
2: Yeah, so um, like Russ said uh, five weeks ago now, we, uh, Russ and I sat on a Zoom call and discussed the problem. And uh, the problem was really what we uh, have been feeling and have been sensing uh, during this kind of Corona reality that um, maybe some of the cracks in our kind of Christian understanding and Christian practice have been exposed to a degree. And as we have been in conversations with people within our community and then outside of our community, um, there are many that have felt very lost. Uh, there are many that have felt like they just don't know how to take steps forward um, as they're pursuing their own faith and relationship with God. And so in a lot of ways, as we have been discussing and, um, and kind of talking through what this means for new community, but also us as individuals, is that we may have found ourselves in a place where we have abdicated the responsibility of our own discipleship to others, uh, to the institutional church, to uh, mentors, to people that have, um, that have served as leaders in our life or places um, of, uh, I think we actually use the phrase, religious goods and services that dispense those things. And, um, and without those things built in, uh, during this reality. Some of those cracks have been exposed and um, that is a pretty significant issue. So we started there, um, but before we could actually I uh, kind of identify how do we take steps forward, we felt it was really, really important to give people the space to lament the reality that we are living in right now. And so that was week two. Uh, We called it the juxtaposition. And we talked about really just two things, lament and hope, and the need for both practices to be uh, an integral part of our life. And so there is space that was given to lament, Um, lament all of the things about this five months that have been challenging, Uh, the seemingly insignificant things to the profound things of um, the struggle with life and death and, uh, and sickness. But then not just to stay in that place of lament, but actually to um, then set our eyes on what's in front and to find hope in the midst of, uh, in the midst of this place that will help, Uh, give us the ability to take steps forward and give us the ability to uh, not just keep our eyes on ourselves, but to keep our eyes fixed on what
0: we know to be um, right and good uh, and holy. After juxtaposition, the look at lament and hope, we moved into inner work. If you'll remember, uh, Dan Downing came on and we had a conversation about What does it look like to do the good and the hard and the necessary work of focusing on our own spiritual growth and development of seeing christ formed in us and that sometimes that's messy sometimes that's challenging sometimes that requires uh, things of us that we don't necessarily want to offer at the time but that that good work um that inner work Um, That as it begins to grow and flourish, it leads to the next topic, which Julie covered.
3: Last week, we talked about the outer work and how the outer work is deeply connected to the inner work, and you can't have one without the other. Um, And as we do the inner work, the result of that is bearing fruit. And bearing fruit is really just another way of saying um, that we are called to actively be the church, to serve and to love and to care for others and to do the work, um, all with a posture of the fruit of the Spirit, being love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, faithfulness, and that the outer work is really about all of these things, but really you can't have one without the other. When you do the inner work, the outer work comes, and you can't do the outer work without the inner work being present. Which now, today, we get to talk about all of these things and what the challenge is moving forward.
2: Yeah, so um, this is uh, obviously a recap of the last weeks. And today really is intended to be a springboard for um, positive movement in our lives. Uh, A springboard where um, the hope is we have set individuals up, we've set ourselves up, to move kind of through this process in a way that actually allows us uh, to grab back on to our own uh, responsibility of discipleship and um, drawing near to the Lord and living that out in a really practical way. So uh, typically, what we have done in these kinds of things is we have been a church community uh, that asks a lot of questions, and we originally thought, well, what if we ask four or five questions that might be helpful uh, as that springboard? But rather than ask questions today, we actually want to offer three distinct challenges, uh, and these challenges will be connected to these different messages that we've given in the final or in the uh, last few weeks. Uh, but they really are intended to be. Um, very specific, and they're intended to be things that we can look at um, that will help us to take steps forward. Uh, before we actually get into the three distinct ta- three distinct challenges, sorry, uh, we want to look at a passage in Philippians uh, that we really believe kind of grounds uh, the entirety of what we're talking about today.
0: Yes, in Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 Paul is uh, communicating to the Philippian church and um, and kind of in his introduction is speaking about his deep joy and gratitude of uh, about being in relationship with the uh, people of Philippi and in verse 6 he says this and I am sure of this that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of jesus christ i'm going to read it again and i am sure of this that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of jesus christ and i think for me the reason this is so grounding is because of some of the promises that are found uh, in this particular verse Uh, paul is speaking clearly of his assurance of something and his assurance isn't just about an action. His assurance is about a person. So he is sure of Jesus, of God, of the Trinity, uh, that, that God who began something in us, uh, this good work, this inner work, this external outer uh, overflow of our lives, will bring that work to completion. It's not something that we have to do. It's something we get to participate in. It's not something that Uh, Hangs solely in the balance of our ability to pull it off with our own strengths, but has everything to do with his strength being made perfect in our weakness. Uh, So I love that um, it doesn't put us as much on the hook uh, to carry it ourselves, but realizing that this inner work and this external work are all a part of what God, who has already begun the work, will be faithful to complete.
2: I think too, Russ. One of the things I, uh, as we have kind of looked at this verse, is it. It is a hopeful verse. There is, um, it. it, It's not damning in a way. It's. um, It's a verse that, when I hear, as you read it, gives me hope that God continues to be active, even when I maybe (laughs) am not active. Uh, that God is active and that uh, God is always working. And even if I have abdicated my responsibility, God continues to work. There is a plan. Um, And that certainly means that we partner and we have to recognize that and kind of return and reorient our gaze back on him. But uh, I I just love the hope that kind of resounds uh, through those words.
3: Yeah. And Kevin, like you said, this... I think what stands out to me mostly is this idea of action as well um, and that it is continuous and that I, I'm i not going to fully arrive. And more than that, I'm going to make mistakes along the way. I am going to learn. I'm going to grow. Um, but regardless of all of that, God is continuing to do the work in me and God is actively doing the work in me and God will continue to do it until it is complete. Um and I, that to me is, allows me to breathe and to rest in him and know that I am enough because he is going to be doing the work in me. Yeah.
0: So with that promise uh, that is made to us, uh, let's jump into these challenges. Start with challenge number one. New community, we would want to challenge you to diagnose the areas where you have abdicated the responsibility of your spiritual growth. Diagnose the areas where you've abdicated the responsibility of your spiritual growth.
2: So if we uh, think back on that first conversation we have, uh, Russ, have you, what was the feedback uh, or did you receive any feedback from people that listened to that message and what, do you think we're totally off base with this or did you hear from others that um, that actually hit people where they were at and they uh, were able to, to maybe identify some of those places in their life?
0: Yeah, um, in honesty, probably mixed messages, meaning um, in a positive way, I think there were people I communicated with that said, I don't see a lot of this happening at New Community. I don't see a lot of people who are shirking the responsibility for their own spiritual growth or are, um, finding ways to kind of ignore the areas in which they need to, uh, lean into growth and change. Um, but at the same time, um, I heard a willingness to own that it's not just the problem of other churches or other Christians sure. or other people who may struggle with these things. So there was like a, a humbleness to say, while we think maybe we're trying to pursue this stuff with authenticity and vulnerability, that um, we're still hopefully humble enough to take the posture to say there's areas that we need to grow. And I think we can all find areas in our lives where we prefer not to take the responsibility. I mean, it's true in my life, whether it's like uh, responsibilities at home or responsibilities as a father or responsibilities as a son to parents in their 70s or uh, responsibilities to um, work or whatever. We find ways that we want to go, I don't want to have to focus on this. I want somebody else to take the responsibility. So I think that resonated with people. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I, I, I mean, I heard similar things from that, too. Um, and, and the more I thought about it, I think um, it was a message that um, we as a staff had been talking about for, you know, weeks in advance and had as we've kind of had been preparing for this. And I think for some, when they heard it, it was just kind of like a little bit maybe out of the blue and it took a few weeks to like wrestle through and to actually kind of process, oh, okay, maybe now I can look back and see some of these things. So I've actually had more positive conversations in the last 10, 15 days from it versus the, you know, day or two after it was given. Because I, I think it does take time to actually evaluate and own the things that need to be owned in that way. And I've had, um, you know, several conversations with people that uh, have identified an over-reliance on Sunday morning. And again, not I, we need to say this every time. We love Sunday morning. We love gathering. These are incredibly important things. But when it becomes the only tethering point that you have in your faith, that's a problem and that's an issue. And um, if you don't know how to actually be in relationship with God outside of an hour and a half on Sunday morning, um, and then when that's stripped away from you, you may find that your faith uh, was artificially built on something that's uh, that it probably shouldn't be.
0: Yeah. I love hearing that the feedback you're getting is coming multiple weeks later, yeah. um, in part because I do think anytime we're challenged with something, um, our natural default is probably to figure out why it's not true. Like if you were to tell me there's an area in my life I need to to grow, even though I've given both of you permission to do that and I say, please speak into my life that way, my initial is to put up the fences and to be like, no, I don't know if I agree with you. And then it's only if I allow, and I'm not trying to jump into inner work already, but if I allow the spirit to begin to do something in me that I can then weeks later come back and go, I think you were onto something and here's what I've been doing to to evaluate that more
3: well and the other part with the what you were just talking about Russ, is if if somebody brings something to you the other thing that is natural to do or easy to do is to say well that's because of this person or that's because this happened in my life which those things are all can all be true um that people obviously impact us and things and struggles and There's deep pain and a lot of hurt that has to be dealt with, but it's, uh, easier to find the reason why outside of ourselves and then just leave it as at that versus diving in and sitting in it and acknowledging it. And
0: I mean, from the very beginning, that's been the play, right? To blame shift. Um, God comes and goes, Hey, uh, the fruit's been eaten in this story in the beginning. Right. And. Adam is like, uh, well, the woman gave it to me, and then he goes to Eve, and she's like, don't give me that it's always the woman, Julie, come on, we know it's the snake, because the woman said, hey, it wasn't me, it was the snake, right? So right from the very beginning, we're blame shifting, and that's a pattern seen throughout the Old Testament over and over, like Exodus 32, when Moses comes down to Aaron and is like, hey, how come we're worshiping a golden calf? after 40 days of me being up with God. And it's like, well, so-and-so, and then it was the people that did it, and it was, right? So it's natural for us to want to shift, but that's part of, again, why we have to diagnose and not abdicate responsibility because it's so easy to want to do that. Yeah, yeah.
2: So uh, this brings us to challenge number two. New community, we challenge you to embrace the necessity of diligence and perseverance needed to work through the parts of your inner life that need
0: work. I like the uh, word perseverance. To So you said embrace the necessity of diligence and perseverance. Uh, inner work takes work, and it takes time, and... Um, you know, we've said this many times in the past. We're in a microwave society, right? We want to um, pop it in. And 15 seconds later, we want to enjoy the thing that we want to eat. And we don't want to wait. And we want to see instant results. We want to pop a pill and it uh, affect something immediately. And, man, I I think we have to recognize uh, perseverance as a, a necessity. Yeah. yeah.
2: Well, I, I think why we kind of keyed in on this word perseverance is um you don't always get immediate feedback either, right? You know, you can do um days and weeks and months of good, decent inner work. And there may no there may not be anything to show for it at that point. But that's uh and I and I think that's oftentimes where people just say, well I've been doing this for a month now and I haven't seen anything. So why even continue. But that's where that idea of perseverance happens. And that if that is the call, if that is the challenge, that um, you do what is right because you know it's good and because you know that it's the right thing to do, even if you don't always see the results that you want to see. And um, if we go back to the Philippians verse, God is faithful and uh, God will see that work through in your life as and when you partner with him. And that's, uh, that's an important hope To rest on when you think specifically about the need for diligence and perseverance to work through these things in our lives
0: Yeah, I would I would even say uh, Kev as as you were talking that when When you start doing it and you said you might not see results here. It might take time I actually think it sometimes gets worse right so like let's say you have bitterness against someone And you realize you've got to do the inner work to let go, to forgive, to if you start like poking at that thing, it usually results kind of like your body does. You start poking, it'll create inflammation and the thing feels like it's getting worse. Now I'm recalling all of the ways that this person injured me, all of the things that I'm bitter about. And it, it's almost like it, it's a tidal wave and it comes in waves of resentment or waves of bitterness or waves of needing to forgive. And then, and then you start to slowly see that becoming less and less and less. But then every now and then you get another big wave of it, right? And so yeah. I think when you have that um, inflammation or that big wave that comes back, that's not the time to be discouraged. That might actually be the time to... Um, bring others around you, right? To be vulnerable with someone, to be accountable, to uh, invite somebody else into that space and say, hey, I need you to walk with me. I need you to to bear some of these burdens with me. Um, Because I think that can be an important thing.
3: Yeah, I think that's part of perseverance is, uh, I think sometimes when we hear the word perseverance, we think I've got to do this, I've got to do it on my own, and I've got to push through. And pushing through and doing the work actually does involve other people so it is finding a counselor it is opening up to your small group it is asking somebody to hold you accountable to the work that you're doing so that you can continue the work um, when it does get really hard and I think that only I think that happens best in community not that it can only happen in community but I think it happens best when you bring people around you and that is part of the perseverance
2: yeah reminds me of the story uh, of the gentlemen that bring their friend on the mat to Jesus and lower him down. And there's, you know, it's this incredible picture of uh, the faith of these friends that bring this sick person. Uh, and uh, I believe the scripture actually says he was healed because of their faith, not necessarily his own. Um, but that's a, that's a really remarkable picture. And um, it's easy to to never want to be the person on the mat. Uh, but to always be somebody, you know, helping carry the mat. But oftentimes the the greatest movement for us and the most important movement for us is to lay down on the mat and recognize we're sick, we need help, uh, there are things that need to be adjusted in our lives, and then call those people around us to say, help me get through this, you know?
0: So it sounds like we've communicated, we need perseverance, we need community. Um, I, I think bringing it back again to... Uh, Philippians um, that it's God that started the work in us it's God that will bring it to completion and I think one of the ways he does that apart from perseverance and community is uh, being tethered to the scriptures um, continuing to come back to um, you know to the word and being reminded of the promises because sometimes the inner work the reason it becomes such a struggle is because we start to believe the lies rather than the promises, right? So we start to believe um, maybe the lie or the shame or the areas that the world is communicating a certain, um, what you believe to be a fact about you or the way you were created or not created or whether you have something to offer to the world or not. And the truth of the scriptures and the promises about who God is and how he responds to us and the ways he loves us are I think another thing that is, um, instrumental in doing the inner work. Well, does that take us to challenge number
3: three? Yeah, we've talked about the challenge of diagnosing, the challenge of embracing, and our third challenge, new community, is to take up a posture of fruit bearing that leads you towards advocacy of others, which in a lot of ways, is just a way of saying putting others before yourself and the importance of seeing the other and advocating for them. And that can, I think oftentimes we can hear the word advocate or advocacy and we think of this big, broad, huge term, but really this can mean advocating for your neighbor or your child or your friend or um, kind of taking this idea of instead of being selfish or instead of just thinking about us it's about thinking about the other and putting somebody else and their needs in front of your own
0: yeah it's being selfless it's being benevolent it's um someone yeah it's someone who is like um taking up the cause on someone else's behalf or pleading for them or caring for them um and and i think it's a natural piece of what it means to overflow into that external, right? So Julie, you mentioned the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, etc. cetera, right? Um, almost all of those words, while you might be able to believe that you can love just by yourself, love tends to be a social word. It requires others to be involved. If I have patience, yes, sometimes you can have patience with yourself, right? But mostly patience is my attitude toward another. So a lot of what we're called to in the fruit of the spirit are others oriented things. And those kinds of postures and fruit bearing can lead toward selfless advocacy for others. Yeah, I think it's, um, you know, we
2: went back and forth on the word advocacy, because it's it kind of has been co opted as a political word. But I, I really think it's a beautiful picture of um, of putting the other first and um, and removing removing yourself from the only thing that you're thinking about but actually uh, examining those who are around you and then how are you active in their life not just seeing other people but then actually being active in their lives in ways that are uh, you know uh, ways that we're called to through the uh, fruits of the spirit and uh, with love and peace and all those things if, if you can't actually step into the action of those words, then, um, you're really not stepping into this third challenge. Right.
0: Right. Yeah. I think the picture that comes to my mind as you were both sharing is, um, Jesus is like in Holy week, right? He is being celebrated. He marches toward Jerusalem on a donkey. People are calling him the Messiah, the rescuer. The, the one that we've been waiting for. They're they're shouting his name and Hosanna and throwing um, palm branches and like this amazing scene where all of the focus is Jesus, 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 right? And then he moves into the upper room into this like dinner uh, where it's just the most um, his closest disciples and the most people, the people he's most intimate with. And he's sitting down for this dinner with them and then Instead of it being about him, instead of him thinking about what's next, because he knows the cross is coming, he gets up and he takes off his clothes and he puts on a towel and he says, it's time for me to wash your feet. And I mean, that's the kind of posture we're talking about. That is the fruit bearing. But the only reason that's possible for us to take up that same act, because Christ calls us to that same act, is for us to have done that inner work. To be able to be not the one saying like the disciples were just a, a few days before, who's going to be first in your kingdom? Is it going to be me or is it going to be him? Who gets yeah. to sit on your right side? Or who gets to sit on your left? Well, that's completely self-focused, but if we can begin to do that inner work and bring healing and change, then we get to that space where uh, I think we begin to see it lived out in service and advocacy for others.
2: So where do we, uh, we've got these three challenges that are set out in front of us. Um, What does this look like for the person that's listening and how do we uh,
0: move forward in this way? Uh, One suggestion would be to take up one of the challenges, to take up the challenge that you, um, in honesty, would feel is most relevant, not the one that's going to be Uh, Don't just say, well, this one I think is going to be hard, so I'll scratch it off the list. But if there is one that you uh, really sense that the Spirit is saying, "Uh, this is a challenge for you, Uh, this is something I want to um, continue in that good work that started in you, Uh, then I think you pick one. You tell a friend, so you create some accountability. You tell your small group, and, and then you get after it. And I would say maybe even before
2: that, um, sorry, Julie, I think I cut you off. Um, but, uh, uh, by coming back to this word, persevere, just do something. I mean, (laughs) as like, uh, as simplistic as that is, um, you know, we intentionally didn't want to put out five or 10 challenges because it's too overwhelming. And you may even look at this and say, well, three challenges, these things are enormous. Uh, this is overwhelming. Do something. I mean, I, th- I think it's maybe that place to start. And it might start with just choosing one thing. Um, but I, I do think that there is a need for us. Uh, and this is for all three of us on this call, but for all of those that are listening as well. Um, we have to continue to be active and to continue to actually take steps forward and hear these things and not just say, oh, yeah, that's that probably would be good stuff for me to do. But I just don't have time. It's one of those like stop and listen and say, yep. Okay. Now is the time. And I'm going to actually, uh, begin to do something.
3: Yeah. And I would, I agree with you. I think do something for sure. And start somewhere. Um, also I would say this idea of persevering. Well, actually, let me ask you this. Do you guys think that you can be persevering and doing the inner work and at the same time, advocate for others do you I mean is there a point that you have to arrive uh, or is there a place that you have to get to before you can start the advocacy The advocacy.
0: I don't think so, don't think so personally because I think sometimes what we try to do is we um, try to like be something before we begin to actualize the something and uh, then other people go no you just have to actualize it first and then you become it and I think the answer is yes to both So in our practice of those things, in our failure, in our stumbling, in our is all moments of learning, right? So I would say it's a both and begin the inner work, but don't use that as an excuse to not advocate and care for and serve others and don't just serve others so that you can try to ignore the inner work. But uh, have the two go hand in hand. Yeah, I mean, there the, these
2: three challenges are intrinsically linked. So, as you do one, I think you probably, uh, your eyes are open to uh, areas of dysfunction uh, in other ones. And so, as you advocate for somebody, then uh, you may realize and be able to diagnose a place of uh, where you've abdicated responsibility of your spiritual growth um, because you're advocating for someone and now you're being exposed into this uh, different world or this different community and saying, oh man, I have never even thought about this. And so I I think they all are somewhat fluid, not stair-step in a way that you have to achieve one to then go to the next, to go to the next. But um, as you begin to uh, take steps forward in any one of these challenges, the others uh, will hopefully kind of uh, play themselves out in appropriate ways.
3: Guys, that was a bit of a leading question, and I just want you to know that you guys both got the answer right on it.
2: Oh. Oh. <laughs> cool. Thanks, Julie.
3: <laughs> no, I just think I bring that up because I, 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 just, I agree with you both. I think that a lot of times, I know in my own life, that I can use the excuse of, oh, man, I've got to wait until... I get to this point and then I can do that versus the no, these all can happen at the same time. And we are not, we don't have to be perfectly whole and uh, fully arrived before we can help others and advocate for others. I think we can, we can love people right where we're at. And God has called us to do that. And sometimes actually in our most vulnerable spots, people, when we are willing to share those things with others, sometimes that has the biggest impact in somebody else's life and allows them to move forward when you have uh, opened yourself up to say, here's what I've struggled with and here's where I'm at. And I'm still going to advocate for you and love you even in the midst of my own pain. Um, It's a really beautiful
0: picture. Absolutely. Well, um, let me wrap up by saying this new community. um, We challenge you to lean into these three challenges. Uh, We want to encourage you uh, to get after it. And we want to leave you with this final promise. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Now, before you go, uh, we just want to tell you about the upcoming series. So we spent some time practicing the presence of God uh, throughout the spring And early part of the summer, we moved into this in-between where we've talked about what does it look like to do some of the inner and outer work and have the spirit work in us in profound ways. And now we are moving into a series called Distant Cousins and Weird Uncles. And Distant Cousins and Weird Uncles is all about the minor prophets. We will look at a different minor prophet each week over the course of the fall. This will take us all the way until Advent. And uh, the reason we're going to focus on this is because we think that uh, there is something unique in the prophets that uh, would be for us during this season. Um, The prophets speak with uh, insight into the world in which they live, and I think there are Um, times in this season in which we live where we could use a little prophetic insight. And so our hope would be that the minor prophets uh, would speak to us in ways that uh, allow us to hear from God and continue to move forward as a community. So you can look forward to, starting next week, Distant Cousins and Weird Uncles. We love you, new community. Hope you have a great week.
2: Thanks for listening. We love you guys.
1: Love you guys. Love
4: you. Bye. Hey, Newcom. I have two announcements to share with you this morning. The first is about the fall. As you know, we usually would be gearing up for our end of year summer picnic right about now to celebrate the end of summer and jump into the fall season together. Even though we cannot physically gather together, we still wanted to kick off fall with a large community gathering. So we will be having a video service on September 13th at 10 a.m., and then small groups will be gathering directly following the service to discuss and connect and pray together on Zoom or any online platform that your group prefers. So the link for the service will be sent out via in the loop. So keep an eye out for that and be sure to check in with your small group in the meantime. The second announcement is about a devotional. So we're going to be reading a devotional together to engage in shared learning as we begin this new series on the minor prophets. This is something that we did together during Lent, and it was really cool, a cool experience to share what we were reading and learning as a community. The book is called From Judgment to Hope by Walter Brueggemann. Let us know if you need help finding the book or if finances are of concern and we are happy to help. Today's benediction is adapted from every moment holy. Lord, we look to you. We are thankful and we praise you. For grace and provision in the coming week, we look to you. For the life-giving gifts of your word and truth, we are thankful. For the joys of life shared with family and friends, we praise you. For the grace to live in grateful humility, we look to you. For the many small blessings and beauties that surround us, we are thankful. For the displays of your majesty and power in our world, we praise you. Lord, we look to you, we are thankful, and we praise you, amen.